You're listening to the See the Upside podcast, where we talk about overcoming obstacles, choosing positivity, and doing life a little better every day. I'm your podcast host, Nina Bleicher. On the show, we share real stories and speak with industry experts about how to expand and grow through difficult change. We don't always get to choose the challenges that show up in our life, but we do get to decide how we view them. In those hard moments, there are always beautiful invitations. That's what See the Upside podcast is all about. Navigating the hard moments, but then finding the opportunity to heal, grow, and connect. I'm so grateful you're here and can't wait to share these conversations with you. I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the See the Upside podcast. We have on the show today, Darren Tully, who is a former Fortune 100 executive with over 25 years of experience in various leadership and coaching roles in corporate America. But after an awakening moment, Darren left all of that and founded his own company, Ignite Happy, which is focused on guiding people and companies to experience the full power of possibilities rooted in happiness and inclusion. Yes to that. He's an author, an executive coach, a management consultant, a board advisor, a keynote speaker, and leader of experiential learning workshops. And as well, he's also a husband, a dad, a foster dad to dogs. So he does all the things. Today, we're going to hear his whole story about why he left corporate America to focus on happiness, kind of how he got there, and some of the principles he teaches in his book and his workshops about how to live a more happy and fulfilling life. Hi, Darren. So nice to have you on the show. Hey, Nita. Uh, thank you for having me. This is incredible. I love I love your podcast and all the work you're doing and all the joy and the possibilities that you're helping to bring to all of us. Thank you. Well, the feeling's mutual. I've started your book and can't wait to kind of dive into some of that content and talk about that together, sort of what you do and what your philosophy is. But let's start with your story because I think it's so interesting and kind of guides us all to how you got here and how your mindset changed. That sounds great. Yeah. You know, as you, as you mentioned, I was in corporate America for some time and uh, had some success there. I started my career in numbers and, and, you know, with a focus on results. And, you know, about six years ago, I actually had the awakening that you mentioned. And I realized that, albeit I had some success, but I think it was at the expense of other people, which really pushed people away and even pushed out the joy that I was having and maybe limiting the opportunities for myself and others too. And, you know, at, at that moment, I realized that there's much more to than just getting results. And I'll say there's a, there's been a culmination of events for my whole life that I started to recognize. And I'll first start with that awakening. I was at this immersion event. I was at this diversity and inclusion event with 25 people. And I was one of five white males. And the other 20 folks were very diverse. You know, we went through a couple of days getting to know each other, getting to know where we're from, what motivates us. We started to actually play some games from our childhood. We started to show pictures. We started to get comfortable with each other, with, you know, sharing a bit about our kids and our home life. So after a couple of days, we really got to know people in a different way. People that I might not have done that in the past, to be honest with you. Like I, I, you know, I connect with people very well, but usually it's looking at similarities or commonalities. Wow. That's where I get, you know, have the most comfortable, comfort, comfort connected with different people. And after a couple of days, I, I started to feel something. And it was at the end of the second day where we started to share things that were a little bit imperfect, the challenges that people were having, the injustices that we were actually experiencing in the world together. People were feeling like they were overlooked because of the way they looked, or people were were being pulled over on the town next door to where I live just because of the color of their skin. Stories that were real, stories that I was not paying attention to. And I started to feel shame because these things were real and I was just ignoring them. And I was swimming around in this bubble as if everything was just fine. And I started to realize that as I was swimming around in this world of sameness, connecting with that, 
I wasn't really living out my purpose at the time. My purpose at the time was really to bring out the best in people all around me all the time. And I realized I wasn't doing that. And I was terrified because these wonderful, amazing people that I never knew before were just as human as you and I. And I was not accepting that or wasn't aware of that until I started to listen. And I started to actually compare against who I wanted to be and who I thought I should be. And I realized I was the problem. I was part of the problem. I'm not responsible for all the issues yet. I realized I was not doing my part and I let these folks down. And I actually, I actually approached this group on the third day and I approached the group and stood in front of them and, and asked for them to hear me out. And I started to cry. I started to break down. I never, I never thought you could share emotions at work. I didn't think you could cry at work, right? Uh, and I started to cry, not looking for sympathy. I was just sharing that I was distraught because I wasn't honest with folks the day before. I recognized I had some unconscious shortcomings and biases that I was unaware of, making it harder for people to su- succeed or to get into certain roles, maybe the areas I've been in or areas that I've seen people try to get into. And I shared openly, vulnerably. And what I recognized in the room is people were looking back at me with tears some with anger, some with love, some with hope. I thought people could see that I was actually being very genuine and authentic and I was trying to make a change. And And I, I, I had this pink pen with me that day. As you'll see, my theme is a lot of pink, as you'll see with my book and other things. We'll talk about uh-huh. that a bit. <laughs> and I actually held this pink pen and said, listen, I'm going to be different. I'm going to use this pink pen as a male executive for the rest of my career. And just, I'm going to be different to make a difference. And it's my constant reminder to look for differences. And to welcome differences. And I needed to change my purpose at that point in time. It wasn't about bringing out the best in people around me. I needed to see something bigger. I needed to see through. I needed to see this, the light that's inside everybody. Because I believe there's a beautiful light inside of all of us that's waiting to be unleashed. And it's really, it's our authentic selves coming back to kind of what we were born to do. And that that's when I started to realize, oh my God, I have I have a part in this. I need to change. I need to look for differences. A couple of months later, I had a magical moment with my daughter. And we were sitting there, she was doing homework. I was on my cell phone, thought I was doing both well, right? Working on my cell phone, punching away at emails and she's <laughs> finishing her homework. And she finished and she looked at me and said, hey, dad, I'd love to have a dessert for a reward. And I'm like, well, it's, this, you know, it's school night. I don't know if we do that. And and then I said, "Let's that's fine. Let's figure out something healthy. And so we actually agreed on a, on a watermelon Italian ice. So maybe it wasn't that healthy, but it was watermelon. <laughs> you know, right. Watermelon healthy. Yeah. Was, right? Love it. So we took the lid, put it, put it on the table, and she she went, you know, went at it, enjoyed it. I went back to my cell phone. I saw she put the cup down. I I put the uh my phone down and I looked at her and she was beaming. I said, What's going on? She's like, Well, that was good. Thanks, Dad. And I I looked at the out of the corner of my eye. And it, as you know, I'm I'm at this point, I'm starting to look for differences. I'm starting to look into the world. I'm starting to reach out and connect with things in a different way. And I saw the back of this Italian isolated. And it was this one-eyed smile. It was this pink watermelon Italian ice that gets submerged on the back of this lid. And it was upside down. I turned it upside down to show her. And she lit up with joy. And then I lit up with joy. I saw you know, the kid in her come out and just shine. The kid in, in me came out. I came alive. And it was a beautiful moment. And I literally, the life that I've lived to that point started to just kind of rock and shake. And I was like, oh my God, you know, I'm starting to notice what really, really matters, where joy comes from. It's from our heart, from within. And it's obvious. We know that. Yet we don't practice it. And what I realized, I get the biggest joy from helping to see people shine. Yeah, it's my daughter that helped, but it helped me see the kid inside of me that can come alive and to help other people see it too. And I started to write these stories down. I started to think about my past and all the culmination of of events in my life. And I went back to even when I was a child, I was a premature baby. I had to overcome some issues and my parents and others were just hopeful that I would be better than average. And I had to work through that. And then there was moments as a child that I recognized I was my most innocent self where I was genuine and and cared for people in a different way. And we started our own paper, our own street paper, where we actually got to know our, our neighbors and people differently. We got to see people shine because they actually shared stories about things that lit them up. It could be their recipes. It could be the children. It could be their vacations. It could be just about celebrating life. And what I noticed is that these people that I thought were just walking around like zombies in the neighborhood actually were pretty amazing people when, when I asked them some questions as an innocent young reporter at nine years old. And then if I fast forward to that, 
I recognized that that last time I was innocent without much bias. Mm. I got, I learned all these things over time that I had to get to this point of my awakening to see that I, I fell off track to who I really was. And allowed my, allowed my inner self, my child to come alive again. And that's yeah. when I started to write the book, Live Your Possible. That's when I started the company Ignite Happy. And I'm on a mission to ignite happy humans and organizations so they could spark possibilities. Because I realized I had to overcome some things as a child. I was given the opportunity to do that. I want to make sure that that comes alive for everybody else too. Mm, thank you so much for sharing that. A couple of stories in there, really, like three stories. The story about, you know, your corporate America kind of shift in how you viewed things. What struck me in that story was the emotion that you allowed in. And I think a lot of men kind of go on autopilot and they forget to stop and feel. But I think you couldn't not feel in that moment. It just kind of hit you and your eyes were opened and you could never really close them again. And kind of that wave of knowing and realizing an emotion. I love that. I mean, what a beautiful moment, even though it probably felt hard. I mean, gosh, I, I just love it. And awakenings are hard, but they're incredibly beautiful and powerful. And if you embrace them and let them facilitate change, wow. I mean, they're amazing. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, one of the things I realized at this point in my career, I, I was uptight. You know, I was seen as someone mm -hmm. that was from the financial sector trying to drive results and drive outcomes. And I remember actually being up in the executive suite and had a laugh. And someone actually said to me, I didn't see you. I've never seen you laugh before at work. You yeah. know, I love life. It's just, I, there's certain places where I share it and don't. And I, I realized that we really need to share our emotions. I think being the way I was up to that mm. moment as a male or any person, maybe in a certain environment where I wasn't sharing any emotion. So I was robotic. I was yeah. zombie like, and then I, you're, I love the way you said my eyes were opened. Actually, my eyes were open to see things and actually it opened my heart too. It came my yes. mind to my heart. So I stopped yes. being so serious and it connected my heart and it actually opened my eyes so I could actually cry. Yes. But I also but think, I, you know, I was actually able to share a cry at work. Like you had mentioned, who says you can't have emotion at work because we all have emotion. That's how we connect. And I think that it's a misnomer that we need to box ourselves out and that we need to be ruthless or hard or thoughtless to be successful. I don't believe that. That is not how I operate in my day job at all. I trust that when I'm doing the right thing and when I'm connecting with someone on a real personal level, that that will create business and prosperity and abundance between us. And I think that's where our corporate America needs to shift. Our world needs to shift, right? To thinking differently, that we have this idea that we can't be friendly, that we can't be collaborative, that we can't be honest, that we can't have integrity, that we can't have connection and be successful. But it's totally wrong. We're actually limiting our success and abundance by not doing that. We need to take the risk to do it. I couldn't agree with you more. The abundance is missing. It, it, it is, it's a limiting factor in behavior if we don't serve each other in yeah. a way where we're actually all on an equal playing field, where we all have the opportunities, where we could all shine, we could be our full selves or be whatever percentage we want to bring to work. Not everybody wants to bring their their full selves or whatever that, that whatever it is you want to bring, because you know, part of that wiki, I heard stories where people would say to me, I have to change. I have to go through a hundred hoops just to get to what people want me to be at work. And we start to limit our capacity to, to be who we are. We start to, we start to limit how we could think and how we feel safe enough to provide ideas or keen, or just to, just to say something and be vulnerable to say, gosh, I could wish I did that better. And then this is how I'm going to commit to do it better things that allow us to actually invent and discover new things. And, and you know, that's critical. I mean, to your point of abundance, we all have the, the ability to be happy and have joy. We all have the ability to innovate and discover and be creative. It's just, we're limited, right? We're, it, it depends on our environment that we're in. And it depends on 
biases that are put on us, you know, our platform shared, you know, or, or things like that available for all of us to step into. And the, I agree with it. We need to get to, we need to get to that point because today our world is so divisive. Everything is zero or one. And I'm trying to work yeah. with it within all of that. It's all the possibilities and divergent thinking that's within that framework. We have to be brave enough to live our authentic truth in our jobs. Well, really in our lives in general, in our relationships, in our families, in our friendships, but also in our work and trust that that intuition, that that truth, that that integrity, that that emotion and connection is the way that it's not the limit, that it's actually guiding you to even more than what you thought. I mean, look at Steve Jobs. I mean, he's sort of a complex example, but he kind of really lived his authentic truth. And look at that just kind of blasts you into stratospheric creativity and ideas. I mean, let's be honest. I think his relationships had a couple issues, but you know, maybe if he would have applied that same principle to his personal life, he would have had a better one if he had allowed himself. I don't know. We don't need to deep dive into that, but the point is I think we need to unleash ourselves a little bit and trust that by being authentic that we're not letting something out that isn't supposed to be there, that it's actually the way to actual abundance and success and connection and collaboration and getting teams to be on board and getting super creative. Like you're saying, being open to different people that come from different places and not just shutting them down because, oh, that person can't know because she's in accounting or You know, she can't know anything about marketing. Well, why not? She might have financial perspective on a marketing campaign that could be super valuable and could open up a brand new creative idea. Like we just have to be open, I think, more open. I love that. Yeah, I I agree. And there's tons of research, obviously, around all that. And some of the experiences I've noticed where I started to change my practices, even my leadership practices. And as a white male, you know, we're kind of taught not to share emotions. We're taught to have answers, right? We're taught to not say, I don't know, and hard to ask for other people's input. And we're, we're, you know, we, you know, at least for me, I've heard people that thought similarly to me thinking, well, this is going to get us the best results. We got good results. Don't get me wrong. Yet when I changed my practices after my awakening, I, I hired eight out of 10 diverse candidates and the next several years, we we blew away the results. I, you know, I was a forecaster at heart. I never knew the results that were possible. So to your point about really opening ourselves up in a different way, I, I think of it as kind of marrying up similarities and differences because I was comfortable in similarities. But yet when we accepted differences, that's where the discoveries happen. That's where the bad really does happen. And the results we had gotten not only impacted our financial results, it impacted how we would work together, the new, the new products we would set up, and actually, in, we really reinvented ourselves in our because our culture went from a third quartile rating up to a top decile in twelve months. So yeah. we really, we really revamped on how we worked as an organization. And it's about how people actually opened up and they owned their own components of what was working well or not. And guess what? The keyword is you already said it. It's trust. You know, we yeah. trust that someone's going to take our input and not hold us hold it against us. And it's more learning opportunity and learn learn to grow and, and innovate from that. Well, and I think it's shifting the mindset from by embracing differences. It doesn't mean you're giving up similarities. It's an add to, it's an additional, it's an expansion. It's not a losing something else to gain something. It's thinking of it differently that by having different perspectives, you're adding, you're not stealing something from someone everybody should be at the table and it makes us all stronger. Yeah, that's well said. And, you know, what I talk about the back of this Italian ice lid, you know, the one-eyed smile. Yes, the one that's your logo, actually. Yes, I love that. I forgot about that. And then you told that story and I'm looking at the logo behind your shoulder and I'm like, (laughs) oh yeah, I always, I forgot that that's what that was. So I, I would love for people to you know look at that because when you look at it, there's the eye, which I would say represents each of us. And if and you look at the smile, the smile represents so many things. First of all, it's our unique, it reminds us of our uniqueness for all of us. We have our own unique happiness or our unique smile. But if you think about that, 
you know, that smile. And if you look at outside of that circle, what it's doing is, is really expanding yourself outside the bubble. Because as I went through that awakening, I often think about how my bubble burst initially when I was terrified. But you know what happened is it actually expanded. So when I, when I actually expanded, you think about that one eye logo, that smile is me reaching out and bringing the world in, inviting it in differently. And it's given me so much joy. It's given me so much opportunity, so many possibilities, people that I never thought I would have met before, interacted with, people that are just showing me uh, learnings and new possibilities that I never even would have been open to in the past. So if you think about that, it's just, it's about how do we expand our bubble? Because I think we're getting comfortable and we're guarded and we stay in our own spot. And we've been taught to be in isolation the last few years. And it's time to branch out and bring people in and see what we can do together. Yeah, well, it's in the discomfort that the growth happens. But what comes to mind when you're talking about the kind of an awakening and how it brings you to expansion, I kind of envision like kind of small house that sometimes you have to tear down the house to build a beautiful castle or like a rubber band that you, when you have your awakening, you go backwards and pull the rubber band back, but then you catapult forward. So it's that opening up and trusting when you're in a transition or in a change or that moment where you are having those complex feelings you know, in front of your company, trusting that that is taking you to somewhere so much better than you were before you had that moment. And that's, what's hard about awakenings is they're super uncomfortable and they're scary and they always bring about, you know, mirrors of things that maybe we don't like, or we want to change, but that's the opportunity. That's the possibility, which goes into, you know, really the foundation of your book is all the possibility and your, your kind of acronym that you base your themes on in the book is possible, which I love. So we can kind of go in, we probably won't have time to go into all of those, but there are a couple that I really love the most that I'd like to hit to kind of explain in the book, There's an acronym with all the different dimensions that Darren gets into. One is P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E. They're really good ones. I mean, Brutal Honesty was, actually, I don't even know if that's one. It's Brave Authenticity. I like that. Brave Authenticity was one of my favorites. I don't know. I have a couple more. We can ask you your favorites too and dive into some of those. But I think... Authenticity is a good one because authenticity does require bravery and that's often overlooked. It's like, oh, be yourself, be authentic, you know, don't, don't try to put on a role or something, but we do do that. That's just the human condition. That's how life goes that from the day we're born, Mm -hmm. we're taught and guided and put on layers and layers of just conditioning and lessons. And many of them are helpful and help us get through certain things, but a lot of them just become subconscious rules that we live by that actually aren't that helpful. And some of them are really toxic and they require us to kind of go back and question and work through those and decide, is this really who I am? Is this who I want to be? You know, and how do you do that? So. Yeah. Authenticity is, is the root and gateway to what I would say a joyful life and being able to connect with that and celebrate that and share that with other people is one of the secrets, in my opinion, to be able to, to really live with a uh, sustainable level of happiness. Cause I think a lot of people think happiness is, is fleeting and not something that's really part of every day. And it can be. And I think when we connect to our authenticity and that takes work to go back to where that is to your, to the examples you're providing and understanding back when was I my, my most authentic self and what did, what did that look like? And how did I feel? Was I beaming? Probably my guess is probably because I I've seen when I've been my truest, authentic self, even the most vulnerable at the same time, sharing that, because it takes courage to do that until you try it out a few times. People, people see it and feel it. People, people pick you up. You know, people pick me up when I when I let people down. Yet when I was intentionally sharing where I want to be and you know, having this pink pen, hey, I'm gonna change, you know, people truly held me up. And 
I started to believe this is the this is the path. And I need to be that person that's going to be more accepting, accepting, seeing differences, embracing that, connecting the dots, sharing the silliness, like this one-eyed smile on the back of an Italian ice lid. It's silly. <laughs> yet it's it's a it's a fun reminder to let our childlike imagination run. Cause that's where I've that's where I've come alive. That's what I recognize. Like back when I was that paper mm-hmm. boy and I was selling our street papers is when I was my best authentic self. And I've been working my way back to that because I noticed that was my best self. And uh, it's uh, it's something that I, I recognize, especially as adults, like you said, about the layers and layers and layers. We start to lose things over time. We start to lose that sense of trust and joy. We start to lose our ability to be creative. These things that are really built within us from day one, it gets, they, they kind of get like, hidden I, I i often refer to all these things as they're on a dimmer on a dimmer switch for a light and somebody someone starts to turn that dimmer light down we don't see it it's just so so faint next thing you know we wake up and we're miserable and people are saying i'm unhappy or i don't like my job or i'm going through this tough this tough situation and i don't know what to do and it, it's we have to start to peel these layers back to your point because we're living subconsciously we're living back in that robotic state like i was in the workplace we have to start to get conscious again. And there's this place, there's this place in our brain that's actually the gateway to all of it. And I refer to it and it's actually called the hippocampus and it's the gateway to our emotions that I, I have fun with it. I call it our happy hippocampus because <laughs> it's the gateway back to joy. And I think it's, it's that moment where we just need to slow things down. When we yes. slow things down, we can get conscious again. We can change our behaviors. We can change our habits and we could get our, you know, get ourselves back to being who we really are. And when we talk about change, change isn't about going to be somebody else or to be like somebody else. Because we're told, we're told that a lot. Hey, why don't you be like so-and-so? Or why don't you go yeah. do this or go live somebody else's dream? And what I'm asking is that we actually change back into our authentic self, exactly where you went, because that shouldn't be as hard. It should be part of your life. It should be part of everything you do. And when you connect to that, you start to see your happiness quotient go higher. You start to see your creativity and your ability to step into conversations differently. You know, just a fun fact, there are some studies around creativity with five-year-old kids. 98% of those kids actually exude an ability to be creative in certain, you know, with certain solutions uh, that are needed to, to solve a problem they're given. Guess what the percentage is for adults given the similar problems? What percentage of them actually show their ability to be creative? What would you Probably say? Probably like, five percent or something because we're all trying to figure out what's the right answer we don't care about being creative we're like what are they looking for from me right yeah, you're, you're awesome it's two percent yeah we're trying to find the right answer that's what we're taught and we're yeah. told you have to have the right answer or else yet we've lost that what if mindset like when we were kids how many times would you ask why this why that why this why that why 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 we lose that sense of curiosity. We lose that sense of wonder. Yeah. And then, and then we're just running with our subconscious minds and just kind of, kind of rerunning our practices. Yeah. Some of it's great. Some of it gets us down the road. You've probably driven down the road. I do it all the time. A mile, you know, goes, I go down the road. I'm like, how did I just get here? And thank God my subconscious yeah. mind can drive. But it's like, <laughs> you know, it's so true. Well, I want to go back to that. You mentioned that, that we need to get still. What do you mean by that? What did you do? And how do you recommend someone? Because I see that a lot, especially in men, but I think women do it too. And I was this way before I had my awakening, which was the initiation of my divorce, my separation. I was like, 30% alive, I say, like I was kind of like sleepwalking through my life. And it wasn't that I didn't want more. It's that I really didn't know. I just wasn't aware. And I was doing what I thought I was supposed to be doing. So how does someone get in tuned with themselves and their authenticity? I mean, they, and I think this is usually going to come from either a breakdown or an awakening or, you know, a a tough moment, or they might have a general feeling of unhappiness or overwhelm or discontent that kind of 
leads you into finding resources like listening to this podcast or picking up your book or something where they're looking for something to guide them to more happiness because they have a feeling that there's more than what they've got. But how do they start with that getting still? What What's your take on that? And what did you do? Yeah, I agree with you. Listen to you know see your your podcast. Right, see the upside. Listen uh-huh. to those podcasts. You know, it's there's there's so many components to this. And the first thing is to know that we can change and we can get through this. And you're not alone. We're not alone. Like I've been I've been divorced before. Not a ton of people know that it was it was not easy. Mm-hmm. Knowing that there's upside from that for sure. I, I got through it. You got through it, and you're you're doing wonderful things with it. I think a lot of people would say during going through those tough times, it's hard. Yet knowing there's going to be light or seeing light through that darkness is so critical and so important. Uh, what I would ask people to think about is, you know, who who are they representing and, you know, who do they want to be? Like, so, you know, that's one thing. And also trying to see what what is in the learning of a c- certain situation. So there's a couple of things there. One is like, I try to understand, at least I'm trying to understand when something goes wrong, right? I recognize I'm not doing my part or I recognize I've done better. I try to figure out what did I do wrong? What could I have done better? Not to beat myself up, yet to understand what I could have done better. Because what we're kind of conditioned to do is everybody else's fault. We self-rationalize yeah. or we or, or we're deflect. Yeah. We deflect. I mean, kind of like what you said, you were 30% there. You you knew there's something wrong, probably, but there are other things that were getting in the way. Like you wanted to just try to get through it, you try to just live the normal life. That's very common. There's there's studies out there that I've seen, like 70% of folks are unhappy in their routine of life and not working through it in a, in a thoughtful, intentional way. So understanding your part in things, not to beat ourselves up is really important mm. to say, what can I do differently? What can I do better? What action can I take today? And to start that every day, even to start your morning every day to say, hey, what can I do better? What am I thankful for? That's really critical too. Like, what am I thankful for to kind of begin your day? Something in a positive tone. What am I grateful for? We'll come back to that. Yeah, I want to come back to gratitude for sure. Absolutely. And and really start to build from there. And one of the components you hit on with with the possible acronym, one of my favorites is the first one, which is purpose-driven beliefs. So the purpose-driven beliefs, it's it's really around understanding what you stand for. Because when you know what you stand for, you can start to think about it in a different way. You could be, you could, you could really pull yourself out of a lot of things, like understanding that you're trying to do good for the world in a different way. You're trying to do good for yourself or your family. Whatever that is for each of us is really important for us to define. And sometimes it just takes one word to start. Sometimes it's just say, identify a word you can connect with. Maybe it is level of gratitude. Maybe it's love. Maybe it's you want to enlighten your life. Maybe you want to elevate the things that really matter to you, it could be someone just needs to start with one word because you're going to start to connect to it in different ways. And it could be just doing that thankful exercise in the morning. Uh, But I would say you got to start somewhere, right? Pondering, Mm -hmm. uh, reflecting on what didn't go right. It just could be a tailspin other than take what you can from it, learn from it and try to move forward. Take a step each day, simple steps. Don't try to solve it all at once. It takes time. As you and I both know, it takes weeks, months, years, depending on the typical. Uh, well, or, or the say, journey you know, continues, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, exactly it doesn't right. end. It doesn't ever end. I love asking the question, questions, I guess. Who do I want to be and how do I want to live? Not who do I want to be someone else, but who does this person, me, want to be And how do I want to live? How do I want to live my life? And then asking, what does that highest and best version of me look like? But it has to be a me thing. Like, I think sometimes we get into who do I want to be and how do I become that person? But it's coming back to who you are in your essence already, not trying to do what's expected of you or like, for example, if, if I want to be a good mom, like trying to be, do all the things that I believe a good mom would do. That's not the goal. The goal is for me to express my good momness in my own authentic, amazing way and tap into that because 
if it feels good, the mom things that I'm doing and the way I'm showing up as a mom, then that's authentic. So I think it's identifying and understanding what being your authentic self feels like versus the way we think it should look that is almost like us acting and doing the right thing. Because for many years, I was the perfect wife. I was the perfect mom. I was the perfect friend. And I did all the things, but it wasn't always what resonated with who I really was. I just showed up in the way I was supposed to in the, but it didn't have depth is what I'm saying. And I think People sense that and we sense that. That's why it feels unfulfilling. That's why it feels 30%. That's why we're not totally happy because we're not embodying it in a really true, connected, deep from our soul way. Yeah, it's spiritual. It's it's you know, it's yes. a connection where you're fully there. It's not just heart, heart, minds, it's your soul as you as you, you know, where you're going. I think it's beautiful. It's it's connecting in the way that you could feel it. And you're actually sharing it that way. Yeah. People will feel that. People know when we're not fully authentic. We think we're fooling people. Yeah, people might not know exactly what's off, but people know. It's an energy. Yeah. Well, and I think it's going back to what you originally started this conversation with is it's going to look different for each of us. Being an amazing dad, your version is going to look different, but it's going to feel unique and special and awesome. And when you tap into that and trust the uniqueness and difference and specialness of it, that's when it can really shine and connect and be amazing. Whereas when we're doing it in the way that we think we're supposed to, that's where it falls short and it doesn't feel right either. And like we're saying that energy, I think it's just very limiting. It's not bad. It's not even wrong per se. It's just not as expansive and amazing as it could be. I I agree. And I think it's getting connected back to that, that set of words or that, that belief that's in us, because that belief that's in us it's bigger. Hopefully it's bigger than us. It's, it starts within us. Yeah. That connection is, is huge. Yeah. What I would ask people is to think about how to invite the world in differently. We, we have these beliefs, we have these ways that are some, sometimes, especially in today's day and age, divisive. There, there are triggers for people. And I think as we, yeah. as we really try to serve the world in a different way, and if we're able to connect to that and as a father and for you as a mother, how we connect with our kids and how we spark and ignite our own children is yeah. fascinating and how, how we could actually see them think and, and come out with their own words that will surprise us. I've learned so much from my kids. Like I feel so blessed just because they'll share with me learnings throughout the day or how I'm looking at something that might suggest something that makes it bigger, brighter, better, or even correct me at times. And I'm like, okay, this is great learning. And that's that's been one of the beauties of of being able to be authentic and be vulnerable is I can accept that now. I'm not perfect at it. There's still times where you know, I feel self-conscious and, or, you know, I, 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 uh, I don't want to hear it yet. When I really sit back and reflect, there's beauty in all the learning. Well, and sometimes it's a subtle learning that you don't even have to tell them they're teaching you that you just, yeah. you know, our kids are just are specifically designed to be our biggest lessons on earth. I think that in our romantic relationships are probably our biggest opportunities for growth, but I think that makes them the hardest relationships because there are a lot of hard truths in there that are, you know, awakening moments that you can have one a week if you really want one. (laughs) (laughs) I might be tiring. Gosh. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta space those out. Yeah, exactly. It is a journey that to your point, a journey is continuous. Yeah. And I think that's the key, you know, for this conversation for just when when you think about evolving, it's really stepping in and it's those little changes. It's it's like little whispers for us to think about and to contemplate and say, how can I do this in a way that's positive, uplifting, and I could move towards something that's even better, a better me or a better world or a better child or a better opportunity. It doesn't mean everything's perfect because we all have these moments that are dark. It's just how, how can we pull out of these moments more quickly? Or how do we pull out of it with a positive intention or some positive learnings? 
So it's like, it's not like everything's perfect. I think some people fear like, hey, happiness and possibilities. It's all happy. It's all happy, good stuff. And it's, it can be, but you have to get yourself there and it's got to be a routine and yeah. it allows us to actually work through things. So we don't have to go through these big awakenings, awakenings, because we're actually learning and really transforming and changing day to day. Yeah. Well, I think it brings us back to kind of your watermelon shave ice moment that it is about enjoying the journey about embracing not only the tough awakenings like your work awakening, but also slowing down and enjoying those quiet little beautiful moments and noticing it all and having gratitude for all of it and loving that you're just on the journey, that we're not trying to get somewhere. We're not trying to arrive to Emerald City. There is no Emerald City. We're already in Emerald City, walking the streets. That's the point. And I think that's where our culture in America and gotten a little confused. We keep thinking that we're trying to get to the golden ring, but the rings are all over, all around us all the time. And that's the point. And that's where I think is the real key to happiness is realizing it's really not a destination. It's about embracing it all along the way and just, you know, loving the journey, which is, you know, it can be hard, but that gratitude practice that you mentioned, I think that's huge because it's almost like a brain exercise to train yourself to notice the good that's always there, regardless of if you're in the heart of a divorce or you're going through a really difficult time, there's always something to be grateful for. The friend that showed up and brought you flowers because you're going Mm -hmm. through a divorce or you know, even just the taste of your coffee in the morning that you love that five minutes that you get to yourself, whatever you pick as your Mm -hmm. gratitude. And this probably happens to you too. When I start thinking about the things that I'm grateful for, I'm like, okay, three things. And I come up with the three things and then I just keep going. And it's ends up being like 15 or 20 things, you know, and you're taking that time to really Soak it in and acknowledge it and absorb it and let yourself feel it. Yeah, and it becomes it becomes you. And you'll see those things throughout your day. If it's the 15 or five or whatever number of things, you'll you'll recall that and it'll lift you up throughout the day. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. Maybe let's talk a little bit about the framework of your book. We've kind of tapped on little elements of it as we've been talking. All these topics are related to content that's in the book, but maybe you can give us a little bit of an overall picture so that someone has kind of an idea of what's covered in there. Yeah, that's fun. Well, it's called Live Your Possible, and it's broken up into uh, three sections, essentially. You know, the first is really broken up into ideas to help you get into a, a possible mindset to think about change to think about not changing to somebody else, like we've like we've said, but really trying to figure out how to reconnect with your authentic self and to know that we're all capable of changing in positive ways, really solving things and stopping the reruns of the past at the hippocampus and looking at the positivity, looking at the uh the possibilities, the happy things that actually can exist. And and know that there's there's a there's a formula. I actually map out as an acronym, as you know it's possible, but I also talk about high possible that we're all possible. So it's happiness and inclusion are really form as the hello, the high to ourselves. That's a platform for change. And there's uh, there's steps that follow. And those eight steps is the second part of the book that spell out possible. And it really gets us in that mindset because we're going through that journey where we're, we're think about how we connect with the world differently, our purpose-driven beliefs, the P, and we allow ourselves to have an open-minded sense of curiosity that welcomes the world in in a different way which is the gateway to discovery. You know, that's the O. And the other ones that follow, it's all about skill sets and having a strong resilience. Those come together because we build we build confidence to try things out. We actually, we pull out of uh, darkness or, or, or problems or issues more quickly because we know we have the confidence. We start to build the confidence to do so. And we actually get to the I and the B. The I is about really being, being your childlike self again, bringing out imagination which is all about wonder, which is one of my favorites because how you look at life, you know, wonder is defined a couple of different ways. Wonder could be skeptical in the sense, I wonder what do they want with me or what wonder 
in a negative way, right? Or the other side of the definition is I wonder what could be. I wonder what's around that next corner. I wonder what that next beautiful set of uh, foliage or whatever it is I'm going to see on my walk or the next time I'm going to see that one I'd smile out and out in the, out in nature. Like I just wonder. And all that stuff allows us to bring back that brave authenticity where we can start to link connections. And when we start to link connections, we actually get, we get really connected and, and it's almost spiritual with the, with the world where we start to see possibilities that were always in front of us start to just shine. They start to appear and you yeah. go through these steps. And I, as I ask people to go through these steps, it's not like everybody needs to go through each of these eight steps. I think there are different passages like you connect with brave authenticity. I love the ima- imagine with wonderment is one of mine, my favorite ones that actually reminds me to keep looking and allowing my kids self to come alive in all different situations. So we're going to have probably two or three that really resonate with each of us that I would say practice those. And then the third part of the book really gets into how do we celebrate this? How do we make sure we keep it alive? How do we sustain these joyful possibilities? How do we how do we make happiness part of our everyday that we're consumed by it? That it's just within us, our habits, our behavior, so we can actually shine a light on each other. Because I look at it, at ourselves as, hey, you know what? We have a greater purpose. When we start to fill that, we're like a lighthouse. We start to shine. We start to put a light out for other people. We start to then be able to serve other people. And there's examples in the book at the end that talks about how you can actually have joy at work. Like the example I talked about earlier about going from a third quartile to a top quartile. There's examples of how people uh, that have that have practiced elements of the book, how they came alive. One of the first people, uh, a good friend of mine, we did challenges together. You know, when we do, when we did, committed to challenges together, we actually helped pull ourselves out of maybe unhappy times or the rut we were stuck into. So we actually reached out to each other to say, let's share some findings on a daily basis. So maybe it's beyond just saying what I'm big for, but it's actually sharing it with somebody else. So you're kind of on the hook in a positive way to grow from that. And it's those moments that actually turn us and help us sustain this joy that we can actually attain, the joy that's within us, this happy, authentic self that actually allows us to see the beauty in the world, to see the light in each other, that really, I think, unleashes the possibilities that are that are capable and available for all of us in the abundance. I love the word that you used earlier, in the abundance that we all deserve. Yeah, it's so expansive. Once you embody it yourself, you can't help but project it outwards and want to cultivate it and pull it out of other people. You start seeing it in other people and wanting to bring it forth and, you know, encouraging that light. I love that. It's contagious. And and I'll go back to the one-eyed smile because it has so many meanings to me at this point. It had that one meaning that I've been on my journey. I live 20 different meetings. We won't go through all those now, but yeah. one, of the, one of the ones you just said is how we're expansive. So we're in the eye, we're expanding out the world. Yet as we yeah. continue to expand out, and if you draw that on a piece of paper, your 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 mouth gets bigger, your smile gets bigger. So yeah. the further you go out, you're connected in the world. There's two things happening. If you can picture that, you're, you have a bigger smile, you're happier. And yeah. as you go further out, you have multiple smiles. And it's almost like a Wi-Fi signal. You're actually connected in, in the world in a different way. And you actually have much more capability to pop and to align and to sync up with people and differences you might not have in the past. And it's really where it allows ourselves to, to remain alive and to be vibrant and to, to not be held back based on all the things that have been kind of layered on, as you said earlier. It allows us to be free to see what the possibilities are and start to enjoy them and, and share those and embrace them and accept our own differences and and to come alive and into, like you said, shine a light on other people. Because when we shine a light on other people, guess what? We're all a bit brighter. Yeah, it's so amazing. That shift that does the opposite of what fear-based focus does, where we get worried about someone outshining us, where it actually does the opposite of that. When you embody that for yourself, you let go of all that fear. You let go of competition and jealousy and frustration and, you know, limiting beliefs, really, it just lifts the ceiling right off and just blasts open all the things. It's incredible. It literally lifts the ceiling so you can see better and more clearly. And it's, yeah. it's got your, I love your example, because it that's where that point is. We've, we've slowed our mind down. We've calmed down a little bit. We're content. 
And that's exactly what's going on here. And I, mm. I love how you just made that connection. And we're, we're taking the fear away from, from what is holding us back. And when I think about back to the awakening, I just have to make the connection. What was I afraid of? I was self-preserving. I had to have the answers. I had to be right. All the things I was, I was told yeah. to be, what I should have been afraid of, the FOMO I should have had, I should have, I should have been, miss, I should have been fearful of missing out on all this, having this conversation with you, people I never would have, had I not opened my eyes to the beauty that's in all of us, right? The diversity, the talent, the capabilities, and to see how that actually embodies what we can do. So all the work I've been able to do on different podcasts or doing different talks or working with different mm-hmm. cultures to help people put people on an equal playing field and start to see what's possible. To me, that's been amazing. That wouldn't have happened had I not gone through this awakening and let, really let my fear go away. It doesn't mean I don't have any. I just learned how to cope with it and actually move forward, learn and move forward rather than beat myself up. Well, and you start recognizing what's a truth and what's a mm-hmm. story or a conditioning that we've, you know, hung on to or or been given that's not really ours. But all of that comes back to getting still with ourselves, getting to know ourselves, questioning things that we believe in and have followed and just becoming conscious, right? It's this idea of awakening is really just literally about being awake and paying attention and getting off of autopilot and starting to really take ownership and accountability for who we are and how we want to live. Is this the life I want to live? Is this how I want to feel? Is this how I want to show up in the world, in my job, for my family, in my relationship? You know, we have a choice, but I think so many people are just, it's not that they don't want to do better. They're just not really paying attention. You know, it's just a matter of, like you said, slowing down is kind of step number one, slow down. Yeah. I I love everything you're saying and, you know, paying attention and it is getting conscious again on what really matters and taking the steps and the actions. And as part of my book, there are, there are over a hundred intentional practice actions in the book to help people to help people live their day-to-day. So, you know, when we talk about exercises or that sounds like Mm. work, what I'm trying to do is for folks to actually have a sense of mindfulness by living their day differently, taking some different actions that they could actually take part in. Like one of the actions that's in the book, is just like try a full day of being positive about any conversation you're in. Look for the good in it. I know it's got to be hard. You know, try. that's an example. Try it. And then try to do it for five days. Try to do it for 10 days. Try to do it for 30 after 30 days, it might turn into a habit. It might. Doesn't Again, doesn't mean we have to be perfect at it. Try it and then think about it at the end of the day and say, okay, I wasn't perfect. Maybe in this scenario, this person set me off by saying this, or maybe I have some baggage from you know something that happened, happened before. What can I do the next time I get in this conversation? So it's a learning loop. How do we start yeah. to change and we start to see different reactions? And going through my book has a number of those examples. And another thing I want to share about the book too is there's there's a lot of fun messages in there that you could actually pull out of the book and there are these qr codes right so as you're reading through the book there's a sample maybe there's part of the section a section of the book you'd like but a qr code will actually pull pull you to an outside source it could be a ted talk it could be another oh, book i love it that could be, it could That's be a cool. song it could be things that actually furthers your learning because I, I look at our learning as experiential how do we take something okay yeah. great darren you just said this how do i live it so i'm trying to get people to take a step out, you know, other day and, and really connect with that QR code or even connect to the back of the book. There are there are lessons from kid books, kid songs, a bunch mm. of other songs. There's other books for reference. And this is on my website too. But there's yeah. ways to connect with things that matter to you. And that that's what that's what this is all about. What matters to you? What connects back to your authentic self? What can I what can I start in my day that actually can allow myself to see things and get conscious again? Where even if you start with that one word, like we talked about before, you know, is it thrive? Is the word love? Whatever it is, just pick one word, try it out for the next, I don't know, 10 days. See how many times it shows up. Like I literally remember working with a friend and her word was thrive. And literally the next day I pull behind somebody, the license plate says the word thrive. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love synchronicities like that. The universe, little, little. Exactly. 
tap on you. But that's the connection. Those are the connection points that if we let our guard down, because we're so serious as adults, yeah, we see past that. We don't think it's possible. Let take it seriously. We gotta let we gotta let our kids come out again. Our kids self come out again and connect to these great synchronicities and things that might light us up again and come alive. Let the good stuff in. I know. I think there's a lot of blockage going on. And that's part of that autopilot thing is that we almost have like walls around us that just don't allow us to see and feel and engage in all those things that create happiness and good feelings and connection. And, you know, it's, it's figuring out how to break out of that and open up to it and let it in. So I love that. Well, I've got a couple quick wrap up questions and then we'll tell everybody how to find you and work with you. What books are you reading these days besides Live Your Possible? We'll have a link for everybody to buy your book. So we'll include that in the show notes for sure. But what other books do you recommend or are you reading these days that you're loving? Well, I love to read. I love to make the connections, obviously. There's a couple right now. There's the person who wrote my foreword of the book, Richard Sheridan. Do you know Richard Sheridan? I don't. No. He's the but... chief storyteller and CEO of Menlo Innovations. He wrote the book Joy Inc. But the book I'm reading, I'm diving back into because I've read this before. It's called Chief Joy Officer. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's it's you know I'm kind of reorienting my way back to it because it's helping us to figure out how do we create more joy in the workplace. And it's funny enough, he talks about eliminating fear quite a bit, which you 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 brought up about fear. And it's about how we bring ourselves and show ourselves as leaders. And one of the important things is I'm diving back in this book. It reminds me that I went to one of Rich's uh, workshops called Lead with Joy. And mm-hmm. at the workshop, it was there I realized that my highest purpose, my highest purpose was possibilities. Because I, I really deeply reflected back to when I was back at that, you know, that child that I had to fight through different things. Uh, I was behind as a kid and some other things. And that's what I recognized. That's the word that I connect with authentically. That really inspired me up to bring out the possibilities. Of joy. So I'm reconnecting with that book, which is awesome. What's your word? Possibilities. Oh, possibilities. Like, okay. Well, I like that. Yeah. Which really sparks joy. It sparks the love and, and the connection that we actually can give out in the world. Because yeah. if you think about what can be, and then you connect yourself yes. to it in a positive way, it brings a lot of joy. And the other book yeah. is called A Simple Seed. This is a mm-hmm. book that is focused on really bringing a different level of gratitude to our kids. You know how our kids get get up and they go to school and they rush off. Maybe if they have phones around their phone or there's just that scramble in the morning. This book is, and Katie's a good friend of mine now, she she created this concept because it's actually putting the book in the hands of of kids that think about positive self-talk. There's an exercise in this for for a child each and every day. And And I'm a believer that a lot of the kids' books like this could actually be beneficial for adults too. Just saying, yeah, this is pretty fabulous. She's she's actually bringing this to schools and making this part of their curriculum all over the Northeast. So it's wow. pretty exciting to see. So I'm actually diving through that because I do like to um, share the elements of kid movies, kid books, and understand that there's a lot of learnings that we need to circle back in as adults. Because I think yes. there's, we've talked about this, right? We kind of, we layer those kid strengths away. And I think this could yeah. actually spark not only kids, it can spark adults, especially kids with adults, excuse me, adults with kids. It might be a good exercise for them to do it together and practice and have good dialogue and practice how to communicate what their feelings are. It's pretty powerful. I love that. Coming back to the fundamentals a little. What about music? What's playing on your Spotify playlist these days? Oh my gosh. <laughs> what do you like? There. <laughs> you know, I'm a big, I've, I've been a big Dave Matthews fan. So I, mm. when I, when I need to just kind of zone back in, I go back to Dave and, you know, one of the songs that is pretty connected to me is, um, you know, Dancing Nancy's. I don't even know that. Yes. Song. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's like one of those things like, you know, what I could have been, what I could be, those type of things. And it just reminds me that we can choose a path, it, even though every we were born day, in a certain place. Every we, day we, we can pick. Every day. Yeah. And we, we could have been born anywhere in the world, theoretically. And yeah. if we start to think about that, our self could be somewhere else and how we treat somebody else could be that person. It could be someone that could have been related to you. I mean, it's a deep thought. Yet I just feel like yeah. if I can think that way, then I'm related in some way. And then I could choose to be different. I could choose to get to a different role, a different space in life. 
So it's it's a song that I you know it it kind of grows in me every time I hear it. It's pretty powerful. It's got a very catchy beginning too. Like the first note, you could probably I could win like an audio quiz <laughs> of oh that's Dancing Nancy's from Dave Matthews, you know, because it's got that very memorable kind of beginning notes to it. Yes, I love that, and I also love the song um, Rise Up. I have to say, it's one of those songs that I mean, I think. I listen to what I hear it once. I can't listen to it just once. You know, I, I probably need to hear it three times because it really is. It's so powerful. Because but that's it talks about how Andre Day, right? My, that's not Dave. Matthews. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. No, I know. Yeah, Rise yeah, up. Sorry, oh, I, I love Rise up. Yeah. yeah. She's, it's so powerful. And it talks about how we have each other, how we can yeah. move mountains, how I'm there for you. And that's the thing is like, there are times where we have darkness, where we're not our yeah. selves or happy ourselves. And it's about how do we reach out? How do we make a connection? I wasn't in a great place. Someone sent me that song and I was like, oh my God, yes. that was awesome. And like, who, who am I to connect with that kind of, that kind of song? I love that song. It's one of my favorite songs. And I encourage other people to listen to it because we do have the power to rise up. And I thought it was fitting for, for your show as I, by, as I listened to it today, I'm like, if she asked me about music, I'm going to share this one. So I thought it was pretty cool. And of course, I love a lot of songs about looking into good, looking into love. So you have Jason Mraz, you know, love is the answer. You have remedy was that around those type of things are, are on. I actually have an ignite happy playlist. It's on Spotify. We can put the link in there if you want. So those type of songs are out there that lift me up as I go through my day, that go for runs, as I you know work through you know preparing for talks or those type of things. These songs light me up. Yes, I want your playlist. Let's definitely include that in the show notes. And I have a new obsession with Zach Brown Band. I didn't even know he existed until this year, and he's amazing. Yeah, so many so good songs. I love Homegrown. Mm-hmm chicken fried. I mean, it's all basically about gratitude and connection and, you know, being in the moment and appreciation and so good. It's such a good vibe. It's uplifting. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's fun. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. So send me that playlist and then let's share with everybody how they can find you. Where's the best place to connect with you? I'd say the best place is just go to my website, which is ignitehappy.com. That has my contact information out there and it has links out to all of my social sites, LinkedIn and everything else. So you can follow me there on LinkedIn or awesome. Instagram, Twitter, all those other fun places. And it does have my email address. So send me an email. I'd love to connect. I'd love to try to figure out how to help you or your organization in a fun way, in an uplifting way, you know, connect the dots and spark yeah. possibilities, whatever that might be for, for you as a listener. I, I'd love to yeah. connect. I want to add quickly that I have been in my job since the beginning of this year. And this company that I work for is so incredible. They really do embody kind of your principles of inclusion, creating resources, taking away obstacles and expansion and positivity. And as an employee working in a company that is run by those philosophies it is mind blowing how motivating and inspirational and expansive and happy I feel in that, in, you know, working there. It just makes such a huge difference when you're in a culture that is focused on that. So I encourage anybody who is considering adding that element to your company, know that it drives your employees to do better, to do more, to be their best, to show up at their best. It's, you know, control and fear and those kind of things. Those do not make someone show up as their best. It just doesn't, but you can always turn that ship around. It's like we're saying, there's always the opportunity to change and shift the energy that you're embodying either in your company or yourself every day, you have a choice every single day is a new opportunity to be different. You just have to choose it and see it that it's possible. And yeah, I love that affirmation. And each day we have that opportunity to make that change, make that difference. And I think the biggest change is to be vulnerable enough to focus on your people first and and know that your customers and and other people you interact with will follow your results will actually increase. And that's a tough one because yes. we've been, we've been trained as leaders, customers, customers, results. 
focus on the people and have faith. The rest will follow. And that sounds like that's what you you're going through in your experience, which is fabulous. Oh yeah. Everybody wins. I mean, it's, it's like we were saying, it's just expansive. It escalates, it emanates out. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's really good. And it's real. Yeah, it's real. It is so real. You just have to believe it's possible. (laughs) <laughs> I love it. Yes. Yeah, so what can we do to support you? Buy your book for sure. Follow you on social, connect. What else is going on? Is there anything else that we can support you on? Yeah, I, I love all the support. Like you said, make comments that resonate. Yeah. Uh, help other people believe and see what is possible. Because I think once we believe, we can manifest what's possible. And I would ask if you're looking for change in your organization, or you're looking for speakers at different events, invite me. I'd love to have a conversation to collaborate on what we could do. There's a number of components related to happiness and inclusion that I could speak to with leaders or organizations or conferences, and also to talk about the creativity in in all that is possible. Because it's at that intersection of playful and possible that we think about happiness and inclusion, where we welcome the world in. And we could have some fun stories that we could share that could hopefully open the eyes like we've talked about today that could shed some light on, on people's uh, chances to actually see what's right in front of them, just waiting to be found. Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I loved our conversation. It was really, it was really good. I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining today's episode of see the upside podcast. For more details about today's guest and show notes and links, visit our website at seetheupside.com. You can find us on Instagram at see.theupside and Facebook at seetheupside. If you love today's show, please spread the light by giving us a rating or sharing it with a friend. We appreciate you so much and love sharing the positivity with anyone who could be inspired by it. We're all on a beautiful journey and it's so much more fun doing it together and sharing our stories with each other along the way. Can't wait till next time.